one. Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of Adel Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host with the most, as always, Adel Marcy. And we've got a fan favorite back on the show and my personal friend, brother from another mother, and a guy that shares my birthday, the one and only Roy. Fabulous. Uh, just decide to throw the fabulous in the middle of that. Uh, today's episode, as always, is sponsored by AdelMarcy.com, but it is also sponsored by GreatestCopywriterLive.com, our new blog where you guys can go check out some really cool stuff. But the key thing that we need to look at today, Liz, the key aspect of what we're going to be discussing is head on over to BreakthroughMarketingSecrets.com forward slash L-Y-C-B. You can actually check out what's on that page and we'll be talking more about that in a moment. Now, I'm going to shut the fuck up. Roy, welcome to the show and welcome back to the show. I know it's always, always awesome to be here. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. I think that we'll have a lot of fun chatting here and hopefully deliver, we'll drop some value bombs. Hell yes. And I, kind of, I find it really funny that like uh, we've tried to do this show like four times now. Like this is our fourth yeah. attempt to try and get this thing going, which is awesome. Um, but well, I'm going to just quickly shut the door. I'm going to pause real quick. We're back in just a second. All right. Welcome back to the show. Sorry. Had to like quickly go take care of something. Right. So my very first question to you, buddy, is always going to be client acquisition. Because again, this is like the big thing that we're seeing that people are shifting towards is organic and paid traffic for client acquisition. You're a genius of this kind of thing. So I'm going to let you take it away. Well, so... I get this question all the time, right? I, you do. I, I talk to people all the time about how to get clients for my copywriting business, how to get my first client, how to get clients for my agency, how to... So yesterday, I actually answered a question from a subscriber who they're launching a Facebook ads agency and they're saying, how do I get clients? And the, they were asking about uh, they were asking about getting clients specifically through cold email. And I said, you know, I, I laid out what we'll talk about over the course of this episode, but also I, I kind of called him out and I said, uh, is Facebook ads agency, shouldn't you be like using Facebook ads <laughs> to get clients? Exactly, exactly. So uh, the one thing I guess that I, I want to say, and I want to emphasize is how much people overcomplicate this whole this whole process of getting clients and they try to like write a perfect email that's going to go out to their ideal client and make that person just drop everything and write a check and just mail it off to them. Right. And that's to me, like that's a number one, if somebody can write that email, like I haven't found it. No. <laughs> um, and number two, it's a ton of pressure on yourself for that when really there is uh, such an easier way. And I'll be curious to know, like if, as I explained my way, if your experience matches it at all, as far as getting clients, uh, there's a lot of ways to get clients, right? But yeah. so my, my experience going all the way back to, to very, very early on, I guess at some points I did try writing a little bit longer emails and whatever to try and connect with someone. But my, my goal was always just to, uh, number one, I'm going to start a conversation. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm going That's to, well, well, I guess, number one, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to connect with them. Like you just, you connect with them. First off, you just, you just put out a, a, a ping. Like it's, it's, Hey, I, I'd love to talk to you. Uh, number two, you start a conversation. And then number three, you actually get them on, a phone call or now zoom is wonderful because we can mm -hmm. talk face to face. Like you and I are across an ocean from each other and we're talking face to face in real time mm -hmm. uh, and no long distance phone bill. Best that back in the old most, days. Yeah. Most people don't even know what that is at this point. Uh, <laughs> What's the long distance phone bill? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so uh, actually, apparently I, I heard from, I think it was Dean Kennedy, but it may have been somebody else uh, saying that it, it actually still worked long into the time where nobody was paying long distance charges anymore on their phone bill. Um, it, it still worked trying to get through a gatekeeper to say like, hey, this is Roy for calling long distance for Adel and Marcy, is he available? And the gatekeeper just like that, the trigger in their brain would say, oh, it's a long distance call, they're paying for it. Uh, I, I better get this person through quickly. <laughs> I thought this was a really um, sneaky thing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, copywriters, like we... Genius. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love how... Okay, I will... Just as a side note before we jump down this, I will say one of the things that I've loved around copywriting is 
I think Gary Halbert said it best. We go, and I think you reminded me of this one last time, which was uh, our job is to go to the deepest, darkest pits of humanity and look under every disgusting rock to find what's there. I mean, one of my other friends, Sean Kemp, basically posted on uh, on Facebook something along the lines of never look at a copywriter's web browser history. We either look like serial killers or porn addicts. It's really weird. <laughs> It's like addicted to the depraved. You mean not both? <laughs> it's usually both. It's usually all the above. Yeah. Uh, so like this, this process, if, so I, I went through this thing last year where I basically decided uh, to take a break from copywriting work. I was kind of reorienting myself and realizing that I wanted to work with a different set of clients. And so I took a break and it was, an indefinite break. And then towards the end of the year last year, I decided, all right, uh, it's time to get going again and get some more client work and uh, reconnect and get involved with these bigger projects for them. And, uh, and, and, and so what I did is I made a list of people that I would like to work with. And I started sending out emails like, hey, um, how's it going? Have you been working with freelance copywriters recently? And at this point, I have a, a bit of a reputation, so it's easier. But the strategy really hasn't changed since the beginning. You know, uh, I really appreciate the marketing you do. Do you ever work with freelance copywriters? Hey, I was looking at your Facebook ads for your Facebook page. Uh, how are those working out for you? I'm just throwing out a bunch of opening emails that you could write. You know, whatever it is, uh, do you do you generate your own client leads or do you have you ever looked at working with someone to generate leads for you through LinkedIn? You know, um, just. Yeah. Uh, just another one to throw in there would be um, if you're on that person's mailing list, Hey, I've noticed you've not mailed you. You've not mailed me for an absolute while. Is everything okay? Are you guys handling it in house? Or do you have a copyright to take care of that for you? Yeah. Yeah. Simple, I simple mean, question. really just, just very simple questions. And you don't even really have to lead on that you are trying to sell them something. In fact, I really appreciate Dean Jackson does this thing that's a little bit sneaky where he actually, um, he says, what, what result in a business does the business, does, does everybody have approval for? And so usually that's like bringing in new money. So he was doing this thing for a restaurant related postcard campaign where they were trying to sell these restaurants, these birthday postcards, automated birthday postcards. And, um, and they figured out that a really short email that said, do you, uh, do you do birthday party bookings, right? Like, or, or um, are you available for birthday party bookings? And anybody in the restaurant can answer that. And that question sent into even like the restaurant's main email or whatever almost always gets a reply because yeah, we do booking, like we do restaurant bookings or we do, we do birthday party bookings. And then it's, then you can actually start the conversation. You're leading them down a path and they don't know where the end of the path is, but then you can start the conversation that leads to, Hey, uh, how would you like to have birthdays booked every night of the week? How would you like to have, you know, multiple birthdays per weekend evening? And of course, restaurants want all of those customers coming in the door. And so you have to figure out like, what is the destination that these people want to get to? And what opening question can you start with that is, uh, that's going to start a conversation that leads towards eventually being able to have a conversation about your services, whether that's copywriting or whatever. Right. Right. And then your call to action. Um, and this, this goes all the way back to going to like marketing conferences and getting people, um, get, getting people, uh, getting, getting clients from networking events is, you know, I would, I would, I would always have a line that was something like, Hey, you know, this really is not a great place to actually talk about planning any kind of work that we might do together. Uh, could we schedule a call? after we're both home and back in our offices and, um, and we'll figure out if, if we can make something happen. And I would often stumble over my words like that. Like that's not coming out perfect. It's not a super well scripted, whatever, 
but it's just, hey, this isn't a great place to actually talk about details. Could we schedule a call? And guess what? Email or LinkedIn DMs or any other social media DMs or any other place that you're doing cold outreach to clients, that's also not a great place to, to, to yes. actually talk about details of scheduling or of doing work together. So, hey, could we schedule a Zoom call? And you offer that. And then they say yes. And then you have to have a plan to figure out like on that call, hey, can we can we chat and figure out, do you actually need what I'm selling? Uh, do you want it? Are you, are you ready to purchase it? Like, do you have the problem that I promised to solve? And since as a copywriter, my main promise is, hey, I'll get you more leads, customers, sales, and profits. Every business wants that, right? <laughs> Um, and and it's such a natural process. It's it's like, hey, let's uh, let's let's connect. Let's start a little conversation, and then let's figure out if if we're a fit, and let's plan to do something together. Yeah. And if you are a fit, and you have something, and they actually believe that you're going to be able to deliver the results, to me, like that, it's it's so easy to close that. And before I throw this back to you for a kind of for a response, I do want to add on. Uh, for someone like that Facebook ad agency, right? Uh, run a messenger campaign where you're trying to initiate messenger conversations with people. And that messenger campaign is, it's just that connect bit. It's just that initial connection. Yeah, don't go and, into the kill right away. Like actually yeah. like build up the reputation. And, and you're totally right with that. And something that um, I think people have missed out on is the social side of social media. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're all trying to be little, little, little media empires, and to a degree, that's valuable, right? Yeah. But the the human to human connection, arguably, it's it's much worse on social media than it is in yeah. real life, or even on this call. We're finding that on the pandemic, like there is there is some level of like intimacy that kind of goes out the window when there's like additional space between you but um, yes kind of going back to something you said that's quite powerful i remember drayton bird saying this and he was like i find it funny when copywriters say they can't get clients <laughs> i was like why he goes because you write copy do your research for your own audience and write a letter to write out to cold people and see what happens uh i tried that and i realized very quickly that i'm great at writing for other people but was terrible for writing for myself yeah <laughs> Uh, copywriting can be a difficult service to sell. I, I will admit that very, um, very early on in me trying to get clients, I actually, so I went to, I discovered copywriting and then, then I discovered AWAI and I was pretty involved with AWAI for a while. And the first boot camp that I went to, I had this whole like packet with copy samples and a sales letter in the beginning. And I still remember I was promising to be the next Clayton Makepeace, Gary Bensavenga, Mark Ford, yada, yada, yada. And like, I had a clear vision. Like I knew where I was going, right? And I, and I was saying, I'm not there yet, but how would you like to connect with somebody like that at the beginning of their career? And I had that. And fun. honestly, like that did not get me clients compared to, I just had a bunch of conversations with people there. And I don't even think that I gave a, ver a version of that to the main client that I got out of that. And that main client then turned into tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of work over the next um, couple of years. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's like the, don't underestimate the value of having a human to human conversation. Mm -hmm especially like we sell a very high ticket service. If uh, a lot of what we sell as copywriters is a, it's, it's, it's a low, um, a lower ticket service or product, right? Uh, even, even like if I'm selling a higher ticket investment service, it's still not the same as selling this, like, I'm going to do something that is, that is intimate to your business, right? I'm going to do something that represents you. And if I'm doing something that represents you, you better know, like, and trust me a whole lot mm -hmm. before I do that. And you, you don't get that know, like, and trust from, 
you know, some random email or LinkedIn message from somebody. You, you got to know them. Because the thing is, like, if you want to be a good copywriter, learn to write in someone's voice. That's kind of the hardest part of this gig is you got to know how to sound like them. I mean, this is something yeah. I, will, uh, I said this last time, and I'll give you the props again. You're one of the dudes that I know that does their fucking research, which is why if I ever go against you, I shit my pants. And I'm like, no, <laughs> Roy's doing this. Go away. It's like, why? You got a good writer. You don't need me. Like, but we want to hire you and Roy's like, mate, mate, let me, let, let me give you an idea. Gary Halbert, Gary Bensavenga, that is basically the rivalry. It's, it's mutual respect. We do not want to go against each other. Like, I don't want to go against them. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's... <laughs> It is so it is so easy to uh, go head to head with lazy copywriters yeah. because if if there are clear holes in what they do, whether that's at the research point, which is where so many people are are you yeah. know fall down because they just want to be able to make a bunch of promises and have them be empty and whatever, or something on the like the deep psychology or the structure of the writing or the structure of the entire campaign. I mean, I'm in this, in the middle of this thing for a client and just kind of off the top of my head, you know, when I'm, when I'm trying to, and, and I guess this is part of building an offer where I, I, I talked about on that call with the client, you want them to have believability that you're going to succeed for them. Mm-hmm. So aside from my actual copywriting talent, um, I, this is how I structured this campaign. I'm writing two versions of the main VSL. I took sections, like there were two major stories in the lead or in the pitch part and I flipped them. Right. Mm -hmm. So they look like two very different promos. They're going to be engaged with in two very different ways. One feels a little bit more direct. It reveals the opportunity a little bit faster versus the other one. And so two VSLs to test against each other. Each of those VSLs has multiple opt-in pages to test against each other. Each of those has, um, has multiple ads driving traffic. And then in addition to the main VSL, we have the cart page or order form, uh, which that can be, there's opportunities to test that later once we know the whole funnel is working, right? Then we have an upsell that, that I wrote, and then we have a downsell that I wrote, and then we have another upsell for people that took the, the first upsell. And there's all of these different elements swirling around and multiple versions of especially the ones that are going to see the most traffic in order to maximize the probability of success. And so when I talk to a client, like I don't have to promise that I have the one great idea that's going to uh, make them, you know, make this campaign pay off for them. I, I say, I, I don't know, <laughs> but I'll give you a couple of things to test right away that I have pretty high uh, confidence in. And even then, if you're still throwing money at testing it, I'm willing to help you create a couple different versions and uh, we'll, we'll go with that. And I mean, all of this stuff contributes to being to being able to get clients as a copywriter, just understanding, like, it's not just about writing copy. It's about, it's about like connecting with them and then conveying a sense of confidence that even if we don't like with marketing, you never know, right? With copy, you never know how something is going to work. The market will tell you how it works afterwards. And even then the market can change next week, right? But you can have a process for, figuring out like we use the scientific method um those of us who are good uh, we use the scientific method and it can be doing something versus not doing something and obviously well usually doing something will do better than doing something (laughs) or it can be let's try these two things against each other and see what works best and you know that it just maximizes your chances of success and a good client will recognize that and they'll want to hire you for it. Yeah. Well, it, it's really like where you make your bones in this industry is through how ballsy you are to show someone, look, I'm willing to go to bat for you for this. And I think, I think that's something that I'd say that is missing. And it's kind of going to come up to my next question. It's something that's missing in our industry is that there's this one and done wham, bam, thank you, ma'am kind of, uh, feeling there isn't a long-term relationship being built over time 
my question to you is if you've done all the good work, you've got your clients pro you've, you know, you made the money, whatever. How do you ensure that you keep the retainer client going? How do you keep them on the Ferris wheel? So to say, well, there's, there's a couple, a couple ways to think of this. Um, first, first things first is most of my projects are technically structured as like one and done, mm-hmm. but I do have that royalty kicker. So I charge a five figure fee. Um, actually each half of it is five figures in itself. I'm, I'm not quoting it specifically cause I want it to go up soon and I don't want anyone to read <laughs> back know. to this and be like, Oh, but you said this much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's that plus the royalty. So the royalty basically means as long as they're generating sales off of it, I will, um, I will continue to get paid. And that's a motivation for me to be at least somewhat available to go back in and make some tweaks to help them continue to, to create success from it. Awesome. I have also uh, done work on retainer and actually got looped in and was part of the copywriting team for a fairly sizable financial publisher for a, a while. And the secret there was to just always have new ideas, to always be churning out something. And that goes back to your point about research is, you know, I made it, I made it a thing where I was just constantly, I was, I, I am constantly reading and researching and consuming podcasts and listening to audiobooks and staying on top of news, scrolling news headlines, seeing what catches my attention. I have places where I actually capture the things that catch my attention. So I uh, drop it into Evernote, or if it's mm-hmm. a smaller note, I have workflowy that I use for some of those things, uh, depending on the context. But it's just, I'm constantly capturing ideas and most of the time, those will actually never develop into a full ad. But if I'm, if I'm capturing even an idea every couple of days, that, that's 10 ideas a month, let's say, uh, every three days, yep. 15 ideas if it's every two days. And one of those might be strong enough or two of them together might be strong enough to write a promo around. And that's not even active research, that's passive research. And so one of those could send me down a rabbit trail of active research where suddenly I have just the floodgates open up for things to write about. Mm -hmm. And I can, I can talk to, like, I can, I can just be presenting ideas all the time. And if you, if you are always just doing that little bit of work to capture ideas and share them with a client. Yeah, I mean, it's the opportunity is pretty much unlimited. The, in today's environment, we have this <laughs> Ken McCarthy, uh, the godfather of internet marketing or mm-hmm. grand, grandfather of internet marketing. One of the grandfathers. Yeah. yeah, whatever you want to call him. In, in 1994, uh, Mark Andreessen stepped away from the launch of Net, uh, Netscape 1.0, which was the first commercial vis- visual web browser, stepped away from the launch of that to speak at an internet marketing conference put on by Ken McCarthy, who later would do the system seminar for 10 years from 2000 to 2010. And everybody who is an expert today has a lineage, whether they know it or not, back to Ken's system seminar. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Ken, sa- Ken said that the, the internet is this unlimited printing press. This was in, there was a lot more AV stuff. Although back in 94, I watched the, the, his present, his keynote there back in 94, he was saying video is like the thing of that's, that's going to matter on the internet. Like video online is going to be it. Uh, mm-hmm. But, but he, he said that the internet is an infinite printing press hooked up to an unlimited free post office. And, and, and we've all become like every company has become this, this, this gigantic media creator that is just every time somebody loads a page, it's like a piece of direct mail gets printed, right? Uh, Whether that's a piece of content, a magazine, a newsletter, whatever, or, uh, or like a direct mail ad, or it's, it's a video being delivered. Right. Um, And, and it's all essentially free, like not quite. I know, I know, but I mean, like comparative to what it was before. Yeah. The marginal cost of delivery, you're not spending a, a, a buck per piece mail to, to get this delivered to, to their mailbox. You're spending pennies if that. Yeah. And 
And so like we, there's this infinite opportunity for media and businesses that communicate more. I actually heard Russell Brunson uh, talking recently and he said he, he went back and he did this analysis of uh, email account that he had set up just to sign up for everybody's emails. Right. And that's, I'm sure as a good copywriter, that's something you've done. Yeah. I've done. We've I have my like secret. That. We yeah. all have that one email address. It's like, yeah, that's not everyone's mailing list. Yeah. And so he went back and he was looking at all the people that he signed up for. And he had this email address for like, he said seven or eight or 10 years or something. He went back and he saw all these people that he signed up for. And there were a few that mailed intermittently. Right. And there were a few that uh, basically had mailed every day since then. And he could tell by the, the counts, like once you, uh, you know, a, a thousand emails is basically three years worth of daily, or I guess that could be four years of, of daily Monday through Friday, a thousand emails. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I had these counts that were like 2000, 2,500, whatever that were indicating, yeah, these are people that have mailed daily and guess who all the biggest stars of marketing are today. Mail daily. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so business list every day. Yeah. Uh, and arguably, I mean, every business can argue for, oh, our customers don't want to hear from us that often. And sure, they don't want to hear like a pitch after pitch after pitch after pitch. But going back to that whole idea generation thing and continuing to provide value as a copywriter, your 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 customers are interested in the topics that you're interested in. Yeah. And if you can just find new ways to talk about those, new stories to tell, new news items that are relevant, new whatever, and not just like, what's that? I was gonna say, give observations on old stories that you've told. Like, uh, like you know, when I was, I decided to just jump in the middle of this. Uh, great no, it's idea, okay. but it's like, um, so for instance, I can talk about the first time you and I met. I was like, oh, yeah, first time I met Roy, blah, 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 all the time, great. <laughs> and then like two years later, going, you know, looking back at that time when I first met Roy, it was really evident where his trajectory was, where my trajectory was. And it's really cool that we've kept in touch over those years. Like even the story of me and Ben Settles, like I've known Ben since I was 18 and I'm now 31 yeah. and like, it's crazy. So I'm like, uh, Ben's one of those dudes I rarely talk to, but when I talk to him, we always speak. Like, it's always like, hey man, how's it going? How's life? Yeah, long ass conversations. But you can spin that round. You can literally spin that around and find different stories of what they've done and how you've responded to it. And that's content for your list as well. Cause they want to know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, even, even like this, this, this question that we, the place that we started for this, the client getting, like I, I have, I get asked that question. I, I have a whole mechanism where people submit questions to me as soon as they sign up for my list. And yep. Uh, you know, I've gone back to, uh, as of this week, I'm starting to ask for it again every Monday because I, I'm not even trying to maintain a queue anymore. It's just the most interesting of the recent questions. Um, and, and, um, so, so this, this, um, like getting asked the same question over and over again tells me that this is something that my audience really just always wants to know about. And every time I come back to it, I, I get just as much engagement. I think yesterday, like YouTube has the little thing where they tell you uh, what, what the most popular of your last 10 videos were and whatever. And yesterday's was my second most popular of the last 10, even though I'm answering the same question I answer all the freaking time, right? Like how to, how to get clients, how to get clients. And, um, and just put out a call. <laughs> Well, uh, you can go to BreakthroughMarketingSecrets.com slash LYCB. There's a free three-episode mini course that's available. And that's just an introduction to a more complete method. But it does go through all the details that you need to have covered like in order to do this from your offer to who you're working with to uh, to the process for actually reaching out. And and yeah, <laughs> I do need to put out a chorus, right? Well, um, you, well you are. Here we are. That was I a did. Perfect, that, was yes. a, that was a perfect mid-podcast plug that we didn't even count on. Now <laughs> we do things around here. But also, yeah. like, while we're going down this path, I'll, I want to like give a little bit of a shout out to some people that like are kind of going to struggle with some things. Like me personally, I don't mail my list every day. I'm terrible for this shit because I, I just, oh, what do they want to know? 
but yeah. here's it, like here's an internal shift that really came out for me um and that is basically when i when the show comes out greatest copywriter live.com is going to be a fully functional functioning blog and for people thinking, oh what's this about it has nothing to do with me like this entire thing is like kind of on the principle of Ogmandino's greatest salesman in the world which if you haven't read go fucking read and memorize that yeah. shit it's amazing uh and it's a case i found that i'm getting more, by the time this comes out i'll be mailing daily and the reason is um I found I'm not attached to it anymore. Like it's a thing where it's like, oh, if I say this, then it's about me. It's like, no, that, that's, I can say whatever I want over here. It's not really me. <laughs> yeah. I can have weird. I can actually have weird conversations over here. That's that's interesting. Yeah, it's a weird so, association internally. Well, uh, if you want to go really deep, <laughs> Ooh, always clearly. Uh, earlier this morning, so I'm connected to. I have connected myself with the person that I consider to be the greatest living hypnosis instructor, uh, name is Mike Mandel. And, and thank you for those cards, you asshole. I literally bought, I almost oh, yeah. li- li- literally this close. I, when you told me like, you're going to sign up for his like monthly, I guarantee you're going to sign up for his monthly. I'm like, I'm mentally resisting because I was like, I can't yeah. do this. And then be like, sign up for his fucking, who <laughs> you Roy. <laughs> So uh, I'm, I'm also connected, like his, his CEO is kind of into copywriting and internet marketing and all that good stuff. And, um, and so like, I'm connected with both of them a little bit, but yesterday they did this training on, uh, they do this thing where they focus on ego states and it's kind of based in internal family systems therapy, which is also called parts therapy, all sorts of names for the same thing. Right. But basically, um, we like to think of ourselves as like one person and our, our fragile little egos want to think that like, we are the one greatest person in the world. Right. Mm -hmm. The reality is that all of us experience ourselves being kind of these different personalities and different people in different situations. And so like the moment that we walk through, let's say for example, that let's, let's all remember back to high school to, to, to school. We're out in the hallways and we're talking to our friends and we're one person. We walk through the door and go sit in the desk in the classroom. We're a different person. Uh, If we're given an opportunity to get up and present to the class, we're a different person. If we later then grow up and become a teacher, we're a different person standing in the front of the class than we were as the students standing in the front of the class trying to present. And every situation in life kind of brings out these different ego states and it's kind of 80, 20. And the reality is that we probably have at least a hundred in there somewhere, yeah. but a, a minority of them are, are um, called into the executive function, which the executive function is like the person who's in charge of the group for, for, for the moment. Right. Mm-hmm. And like the person who's the spoke spokesperson for the group for a moment. And th- so these, these different ego states, like one of the, one of the things that he said, and I want to loop this back to, um, to, to what you were saying there, uh, with, with like not feeling totally sure about writing this blog as Adele versus, mm-hmm. uh, versus whatever. So what he does is he consciously calls into the executive function, whatever ego state or role or part of himself he believes is going to be the best at the time. And so, for example, um, he, he, you know, using, using Mike as, as an example, he teaches hypnosis. So he has a teacher role or ex- executive ego state that he calls into executive when he's teaching, but he also is a clinical hypnotist and he has the clinical hypnotist that he calls in when he's doing those sessions. And he has the stage hypnotist that he calls in when he's doing those sessions. And he had this moment where he was actually teaching stage hypnosis. Like he was doing this thing. And then at night they actually did shows. And, um, and somebody who had seen a few of his shows said after one of those shows, like, it really felt like you were just trying to teach us up there. Like it, it wasn't as good of a show as some of your other shows. And he realized in that moment that he'd had that ego state for teaching all day long, still like in the executive function when he went on stage and did the show. And so if you are aware of this, if you're thoughtful about this, you can go inside and you can imagine, okay, this adult, like trying to be at all, whoever I am, right? Um, Maybe that is not who writes this daily email. Maybe there is a part of me that 
for example, is the, um, the awestruck student of the great masters. I'm, I'm just going, yeah. going, we'll go whatever, it. whatever yeah, like my imagination. Um, so, so there is a part of me that just, uh, like, for example, when I got to sit across the table from Gary Bensavenga at the Titans, the direct response VIP dinner, and like the, the part of me that's just in awe of this person who's been such a huge success and like everything that I can learn from him. And that part of me was essentially like when I think, when I think back, that's the part of me that I called into the ego state as less consciously, right? But, but that I called in the ego state as I was writing the Titans of Direct Response letter where I was like, and this person is awesome for this reason. And this person is awesome for this reason. And this person's awesome for this reason. And I can't wait to hear what this person has to say. And it's just like, there is, there, there is a part of us that can come forward and do whatever task needs to be done. So like when I sit down to do my, my videos, which are pretty much daily at this point, there's a part of me that is the like performer on camera who has access to all of my marketing knowledge and experience. And that part of me is very different than the part of me that shows up with my kids and the part of me that shows up with my wife and the part of me that shows up when I hang out with friends and the part of me that shows up even when I'm doing client work and copywriting. Mm -hmm. And honestly, like that's probably the part of me that people know best because that part of me comes out as we're having this conversation. Like part of this is performance and part of this is conversation and part of this is teaching. Um, but it, it's all that same person. And yeah, and also part of yeah. it is that friend that's just basically here doing the thing. Side note for a second here, you actually gave me one yeah. hell of a great idea. And also, by the way, uh, for the by the way, can people still see the Titan of Direct Response sales letter that you wrote? Because I personally love that sales letter. So I'm gonna ask if it's if it's available somewhere, well, it, we gotta make it available. Uh, um it so it got it got buried because the live event sales letter for reasons that I can't go into on this podcast. Of course. Could not be used to sell the DVDs. Like we had to significantly change, change. the sales yeah. letter. Um, it, well, beyond the lead change. Like there were a lot of things, there were a lot of unexpected restrictions. Yeah. Um, and so the original one is the one that got all the props from like Gary B and, and so on. And that... Um, I have it as part of my story selling masterclass, which is part of my BTMS insiders training library. So that's it, BTMS for breakthrough marketing secrets insiders.com. Great program. <laughs> I'm and, gonna plug this uh, motherfucker all the time, but just so you guys know at home, anytime he's on here, it's usually because I want that like I love his knowledge, but also anytime he mentions anything, I'm like, yes, go do this. <laughs> so insight. Inside BTMS Insiders, I have a story selling masterclass and it was one of the first things I put up, but I, I recorded a bonus where I went line by line and I actually read it and then reflected. Like I had notes and it took an hour and 45 minutes. Um, I, I read it and then reflected on like what I was doing specifically around story selling principles, but there's a lot more copywriting there into like all of the details of that and what I thought made it work so well. Um, and so it is there, including my annotated PDF with all my comments. Excellent. There is also, if you, if you really wanted to find it and, um, and I forget, I think it's Titans, direct response.com in the Wayback machine on internet archive. Mm -hmm. If, if you are a good researcher and you should be, if you're a copywriter, <laughs> uh, you, you, you can look in the internet archive and find the original letter there as well. Yep. I, and by the way, just so, so the reason I was bringing that up was uh, less is brilliant, but you gave me an idea, which is you could totally sell an event like that. If you like, if you're, if you're a copywriter and like, okay, I want to put together an event. How do I do this? Blah, blah, blah. I'm having a really hard time. Go into the fan mode that you're in and write it as if you're a fan writing about that event. It's like, okay, so here's all the reasons you need to go see this and why you need to be here and what's going to happen, why this person is amazing, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. It brings that whole new another energy to it, which is pretty awesome. That's, that's essentially the role that, I mean, so many, so many really good long-form direct response promos are a discovery story. 
right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's, we're discovering the solution to this problem. And it's essentially the, 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 the part, the role, the ego state that you need to bring forward when you want to write about anything in copywriting mm -hmm. is this like, wow, I've discovered this incredible thing. And you really need to, you, 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 you imagine that going on inside of you, even if it's, even if it's something that you've known about for years, just this, 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 that feeling, you remember that feeling. You go inside, you remember, you imagine that feeling of discovering this for the first time and how much of like a savior moment it is that like, oh, oh <laughs> I found Clearly. the thing that I've been looking for, right? <laughs> I like it. Uh, it it's, and, and if you can capture that energy, it comes through in the writing. Yeah, and it, it does. It's, you're going to convey feeling. You're going to make them vibrate like Marty Edelston uh, said of great copy. Oh, man, Marty was such a legend. I'm so glad I got his powers book. Like, uh, yeah, it was Powers power. book. Yeah, I powers yeah. the one that I got. Um, so a friend of mine actually went to the Titans of Direct Response event. He actually did ask Jay Abraham a question. It was hilarious because Jay tore him a new one. Um, <laughs> VJ, brilliant guy. Uh, but he actually, because he knew that he was like, okay, so I'm not going to read these books. Like he had a copy of Breakthrough Advertising Secrets. He also had a copy of all the books that were given to them. And he was like, yeah, I'm not going to read any of these. I'll ship them to you. So he literally gave me like literally hundreds of dollars of books for free. I was like, Yo, awesome. The all the all the Titans. I, I have the Titans edition. And for many of them, I also have a uh, bottom line edition. So I have multiple copies of, of most of the giveaways. You know, oh. you go to enough Ryan Kurtz events and you end up... <laughs> Yeah, um, because, uh, well, Brian, Brian is known for one word, uh, which is over deliver, mm -hmm. being the title of another great book. This was written by Brian. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, Brian, Brian just gives you a ton of stuff. He and, does. I got my hat on and everything for this. Adel's in student mode. Yes. To be fair, I was actually going to put a halo on because I found there was a halo effect on it. And I was like, it just works <laughs> with the look today. Oh, it's brilliant. But I will say, because we're kind of running down um, to this, I have one one of my favorite questions to ask you. I want to jump into this because it's uh, we didn't really get to go into it too, too in depth because for the love of God, your brain's a fucking repository of information. So I need to like keep coming back and getting more in, which is lovely to <laughs> love talking to you. Uh, one of my questions I really want to ask you is actually around the idea of failure in direct response. Because yes. in our world, it's kind of like failing is completely, it's a normal thing. But the way that we've moved today in social media and the way that it is, everyone presents their best self, you think everyone's got a 10 out of 10 win streak. But the reality is, I remember speaking to Joe Sugarman years about this, uh, a couple of years ago about this. And he said when he started out, his hit ratio was 2 out of 10. Now it's like yeah. 8 out of 10. And he's like, the only reason I've done that is like, I've done this for like 60, 70 years. And I'm only hitting 8 out of 10. You will never hit 10 out of 10. You can get yeah. close but rarely. So my question to you is, what do you, what would be your advice to the copywriter who's uh, hit a couple of breaks? Like they've hit a couple of hard breaks in the road. They're failing. How do they turn that around? Like what mindset shifts would you recommend? I don't know. I'm perfect. Damn right. You are. <laughs> no, no. Uh, yeah, actually I, I have a lot of respect for Joe because more than almost anybody else, he emphasizes that, oh, um, that, that, like long list of failures on the way to success. My God, success forces 1989 version. Read it. <laughs> you will have so a full appreciation. The the uh, you know, fa failure is not failure. It is learning. I I think so much of this comes down to comes down to mindset and accepting, um, specifically the the growth mindset. And now I'm forgetting the name of the woman who is completely championed uh, growth versus fixed mindset. Um, and I know you're Googling right now. Yep. <laughs> um, Straight away. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, so Caroline Dweck. Yes. Dweck. D-W-E-C-K. Yeah. So on prosperity is brilliant, by the way. The, the, there's two ways that you can think about it. Like, and, and I will, I'll start by pointing out a little bit of research that helped kind of her frame her entire presentation there. 
And the research basically said, um, if a teacher gives student, students feedback that, hey, you're smart, you can do this, and then gives them an impossible task, they will give up very fast. If the teacher gives like evenly split, split group, right, of, of students, the feedback, hey, you are a hard worker, you can figure this out. So it's, you're smart, you can figure this out versus you're a hard worker, you can figure this out. If gives them the, you're a hard worker, you can figure this out. They'll work something like five times as long to try and solve this task. And I deal with this with my kids um, and I deal with this with myself and I deal with like, this is, it's a very real part of being human that we want to believe that we are done and that we are good and that we are like everything that we need to be, right? right? When we have this like fixed mindset of ourselves, even if it is the best vision of ourselves possible, it actually hampers our, our resilience. It hampers our ability to like do hard things. And if we instead say, hey, I can do the hard work. I can figure it out. I can, I can learn when things don't go my way. I can try to do more of what I see working. And you adopt this growth mindset, like every day is an opportunity to grow. And if it's failure, it's like even more feedback in my ability to grow. Yep. And if you adopt this growth mindset, then what are you going to do? You're going to go back and you're going to go, go back to the market for more feedback. You're going to go back and, and find another opportunity for feedback for how you might be able to do things better. And what you might discover along the way, the more feedback you're getting, the more success you're going to find too. And so first things first, like if you're, we have all gone through periods where getting clients is harder than it should be, or, you know, projects are fewer or far between, or we have like three projects in a row that we did our best on and everybody thought that they were going to work. And then they just all hit brick walls yep. and we can start to doubt ourselves. And the, like the best thing that you can do is go back and try and learn from that. Like it's feedback that didn't work. Try and figure out if you can come up with a good reason why it didn't work. If, if you have the opportunity to do so, you could test, you know, some new version of that to try and get it to work or move on to the next thing and get up to bat again. And anybody who has any experience in this market will tell you that you don't know what's going to work and you can have something that you absolutely have complete confidence in and have it just bomb. And you can have something, you know, thankfully we're on the internet where we can figure this out really quick for very little cost mm -hmm. uh, versus in direct mail where they would send, you know, 10,000 pieces at a buck per piece mailed and only then figure it, figure out. You can figure out for a couple hundred bucks really quickly if something is going to get you at least good enough metrics to keep testing it. So, yeah, I mean, just step up to the plate again. Life is long. There's tons of opportunities. The worst thing that you can do is start to assign yourselves identities. Like I'm a failure. I'm like, even I'm smart. I'm dumb. <laughs> I'm a failure. I'm a success. Like yin and yang, right? Both sides of that. The worst thing that you can do is assign yourself this fixed identity. And the best thing you can do is identify yourself as like, I'm a grower. As, as, yeah, I, I'm a grower. I, I I do hard work. I figure things out. I I learn from uh, from what many people would call failures. I take I'm feedback. Resilient. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm open minded. Yeah, like so. Those things are again growth mindset pieces. Though just beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Powerful. All right. Um, Dude, that is. Incredible as always. Now, real quick, <laughs> right at the end, I know you have. Uh, we we talked about it earlier as well. We have breakthrough advertising secrets dot com forward breakthrough marketing secrets dot com breakthrough marketing secrets. I always get you confused with breakthrough advertising secrets always because as soon as I hear breakthrough, my brain goes ba. Yeah, well, it's That's it's a little bit of a hat tip and and homage. Um, and and it's 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 been made even more complicated by the fact that Russell Brunson now owns BreakthroughMarketing.com, and I have BreakthroughMarketingSecrets.com. Oh, but man. you know, 
it, uh, it, it is what fast. it is. Be first. BreakthroughMarketingSecrets.com forward slash LYCB. Again, as you said, yes. they can go there and get three free videos that actually builds them out to the rest of the training that will actually be coming as well on how to get client acquisition going and more importantly, client retention and all the other fun stuff. Yeah, LYCB is for launch your client business. So launch your client business. So BreakthroughMarketingSecrets.com slash LYCB. And I mean, you just sign up for an email and you get that you get those episodes delivered to you and you'll also get on my Breakthrough Marketing Secrets daily list for even more valuable content. And of course, unsubscribe anytime. If it's not a fit, I'd rather have, you know, I'd rather part ways as, as friends. Uh, but if you're still here with us at this point, I'm sure I'm sure you yeah. love the, the daily content too. How long have I been on your mailing list? I think like three, four years now, easily. Well, I've been doing it since... April of 2014, which feels so freaking long. There's over 2 million words that have been published um, and hundreds of videos at this point. When did I first have you on my show? I think it was like 2015 or 2016. Like when did you yeah. write the uh, Titans Direct Response? That was like 2014, that was, 2014. That, that was 2014. Yeah, yeah that so was summer 2014. of 2014. Right. You and I connected prior to that, but I got you on my, no, I got you on my show in 2014 because like this show has been running since 2012. Okay. Yeah, yeah, crazy. It's so, like really, like it's really weird when I sit back and go, I'm in my like eighth, ninth season of this show. <laughs> like, how the fuck? Wow, it's like it's really weird. But life uh, is long. Life is yeah. long. Life is fun. You pick up some incredible things. And by the by, just as a side note of hum of humorousness of ridiculousness, uh, we had a, another copywriter on here called uh, Linus Rylander or Linus Rylander for you know if you he's Swedish. But anyway. Uh, we, I realized my last message to him was in 2010 or 2011, and it was a question on getting retainer clients for above five grand. That wow. was the question I asked him, and he was like, yeah, do, do you realize we've not spoken for this long, and we feel like <laughs> known each other? I'm like, it's crazy. Yeah, that's awesome. That's wonderful. Yeah, well, you know what? You got lifelong friends. I'm glad you're one of them. So hopefully yes. once all this stuff around the world kind of dies down a little bit, I am throwing one hell of a party somewhere, and we're all going to get together and <laughs> Sounds awesome. All right, guys, please go check out everything Rory has. Sign up to, uh, what was it? Oh, God, dude, what is your website? It's BTMS. Breakthrough? No, no. Yeah, BTMS Breakthrough. Oh. Insider. Yes. BTMS Insider. Go sign up to that. Yeah. If and you are serious at all about getting your shit right in advertising. Yes. And once, once you join Breakthrough Marketing Secrets, you will not have any trouble finding your way to my BTMS Insiders training library where there's stuff on client getting and copywriting and copywriting research and a whole lot more. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. But right, guys, go check it out. Connect with Roy on every social media channel. And as always, dude, it has been a pleasure having you here. Take care, guys. My pleasure too. Have a good one. Bye.